Welcome back to the Rockman Power Hour, a podcast where we talk to interesting people about all kinds of things in the world of pop culture, music, movies, you name it, we cover it. And uh, I'm really, really excited this week because uh, we're having one of our friends on the podcast. This is a guy that's been very, very important to my life and to Ryan's life, uh, contributed so much, and he probably doesn't even know it, and we're going to get to tell him today. Daryl McDaniels from Run DMC is joining us on the podcast today on the Rockman Power Hour. I am so excited. This is long overdue. Daryl was um, part of the beginning of this podcast by lending his voice and uh, his skills to our theme song, which you hear every time that you start this thing. And uh, it's nice to have him finally on the podcast. Uh, let me bring in my co-host, Ryan Stick. Ryan, how fun was this to chat with Daryl? It was uh, pretty darn fun. Don't want to give away too many spoilers, but uh, this is a super-sized Christmas episode. Yeah, it you really know, is. Uh, it's, Ryan it's and Rockman's of- double digest. <laughs> it is a double digest. And uh, and, and I got to tell you, man, uh, none of this would happen if we didn't have our friends over at Heartbeat Hot Sauce always keeping us um, very well stocked with the hot sauce and helping us keep the lights on. Check it out. We've got a couple here. Uh, I've got the blueberry habanero right there, which you got to try, which is absolutely amazing. My favorite on pancakes. And of course, the dill pickles uh, serrano. This is uh, another great one. Heartbeat Hot Sauce is where you can find them. Uh, .com. Uh, if you use our promo code Rockman20 right here, it'll get you 20% off your entire order. Um, also, Ryan, I, I, I got to say, Studio House Designs, thank you so, so much for being uh, always there for us, keeping us looking fresh. Um, you can find their stuff at studiohousedesigns.com. And you just did a great song for Studio House Design. Uh, yeah, if we're, um, it, it's actually been t- done for a little while, but then life got in the way and procrastination. So uh, they're having this amazing Black Friday sale. And I'm just like, it's ironic as I'm kind of living in two places at once at the second, yeah. which will, we, as soon as the saga is over, we'll do a whole episode of uh, Ryan and Rockman's interesting summer adventures. <laughs> misadventures um but yeah i i i was i had only a few of my shirts with me so fished through my old photos put it together and just kind of like you know put put images to the song and the song was kind of um you know i just wanted we really appreciate them of course we uh feature them on the show but at the same time it's just like you know support small businesses you know and uh, 100 got really inspired by what what they're doing and uh yeah uh wrote the wrote the song um john carpenter type song if you want to check it out and on their well on their instagram you'll see a bunch of photos of my mug and marco vaccaro who is my partner in mind blender media we make music videos and other things and uh, we also have a band called botoxic foxes in which are credited as the songwriters for this theme song so thanks for letting me say all that <laughs> it's all good. Uh, and uh, thank you studio house designs for always keeping us looking fresh you didn't see this whole thing yet but uh, this is the alien shirt with none other than ripley sigourney weaver right there i don't i'm not going to keep it like this the whole it time. is out of this world it really it literally is out of this world all right without any further ado this is what you came for our conversation with our friend the legendary rock and roll hall of famer daryl mcdaniels from run dmc Last time I saw you was at uh, Ryan and I together was when we did the Coming Like a Rhino little mini record yep. store tour. That was the last time we saw it. We last time we shared physical space. <laughs> yes, but we've been that in was touch. What? Whoa, Ryan, five, five years? years? Five years ago? Wow. So basically, I'm on my way now. <laughs> it's been too long. <laughs> it's actually, five years almost to the day. It's kind of like a romantic comedy. It's like meet me on this building in five years. <laughs> you, right. You don't want to rock. Always a pleasure to have you uh, to, to chat with you, uh, D. You know, you're you're someone that I I got to meet 
quite a while, quite a while ago. And, um, you know, I share this every time when people ask me, so what's DMC like, you're like anybody, you know, you're, and that's, what's, that's, what's so refreshing about you. You know, people say, don't meet your heroes and then right. you, and it's like, Oh no, we're good. <laughs> right. 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 Yeah. I'm like everybody. Well, and I, and I know even saying that makes you uncomfortable because you're like, ah, oh, enough of that corny shit. Like, <laughs> but, um, but we're, uh, Ryan and I started this podcast about a year ago and, uh, you've been a part of it yeah. every episode because you did our theme song. Oh, how's that going? It's going great. Really? <laughs> you, so you did, you, you, um, you were nice enough to do a theme song for us and, uh, you know, how many we, episodes have you done so far? I believe this is number 50. Wow. Yeah. So this is our 50th episode. Um, you know, last week we had on Denzel Curry. Um, oh, really, wow. Up and coming, really cool hip hop guy. But we'll have yeah. on people, you know, we'll have on someone, we'll have on diverse people from all over, you know, and that's what's so great about this podcast. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to do it. You know, being a rock radio DJ, I'm, 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 I'm in a format, you know, but I'm, right. I have interests. Like I, I'm interested in so many other things besides just one thing. And then, and I think that's one of the things that you and I have in common is that a lot of people want to pigeonhole you as just a hip hop guy, but you've got varied interests, you know, <laughs> if anything, you know, we're, and we're going to talk about this new song, but this is right. the most hip hop thing you've done in years. Yes. Yeah. Very, and that's because it's produced by Bumpy Knuckles. Right. So if you have, you don't get no more hip hop than Bumpy. Like no. he's the guy, you don't put him on the record with your favorite rapper because he's going to demolish that microphone right but on this particular one he's producing right which is unique for him and i think you're you know that's that's the one thing you're you're usually involved with stuff that's unique and at this point you know you're you, you produce art to make art and that's what i think so refreshing you know yeah uh, art is art is art runs everything a-r-t right like cash rules everything around me art runs everything so it. it's like you said, your diversity in your interest is art. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying it's, it's comic books, TV shows, co um, conversation, pictures, posters, toys, action figures. Cause you got to say action figure. You can't say dolls. You got to say <laughs> action figure, right? There, there you yeah, are. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's everything. <laughs> It's interesting that you say uh, art is everything and how you're into so many things, because it, it seems like this project you got going on is the most fluid in both music and the visual equivalent of what you're able to do. It was really cool to listen to the song and then check out this book and say, oh, my God, all the lyrics are in this book. I mean, it was brilliant. Dean Hasfield, hmm. the guy who, well, I, I ran into Dean Hasfield at an art thing. By the way, he was like, yo, I'm, I'm this comic book creator. I do the Red Hook, this and that. And we just had a discussion and he just basically asked me, yo, DMC, what you doing right now? And I was like, oh, well, I got this record with me, Chucky and Ice-T produced by Bumpy Knuckles. He lost it. Like, what? <laughs> like, what? And he just asked me, oh, can I hear it? And I was like, sure. You know, we make the music so people can hear it. He said, you got to create a comic book to go with this. And I was like, okay, I love comic books too. Like it, it was just so organic how it came about and everything. And the cool thing is, it's like having an album cover without having the actual. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Because everything no. is digital now. 
Mm-hmm. You're right. You're right. And it's uh, like Ryan said, you know, it's it's he said it best to me. Like I sent the song to Ryan um, yesterday after you sent it to me, because I think it's coming out at this point. This week. Yeah. At this point, it, it'll been it'll been out for a week by the time people hear this. But Ryan and I, you know, you sent it to me in the afternoon yesterday and you're like, check this out. We should maybe talk about this on, you know, on the podcast. I sent it to Ryan and Ryan sent me. His his like this is like the three wise men of hip hop, <laughs> oh, <laughs> and I thought it was great for for you know for a holiday theme because it really is. Oh, and, for sure, oh, for and sure. Listen, Chuck is always solid. You know, Chuck is always solid. Whenever Chuck does something, it's solid. Like, and I think that's one of the things that you and I kind of bonded on when we yeah. first met. Our love for Chuck D. Yes, but, exactly. You know, yeah. But your verse on this is just. I mean, you're 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 moving so much on this, and there's that one point where you're doing. I, and I, forgive me the terminology because I'm not great with it, but it's almost like you're doing triples and stuff. You're really like you're you're bringing it in on this, and and it's it's really rad to see because I imagine in your head you're like I'm on here with Chuck D and I'm on here with Ice T. I've got to you know there there is that hip hop bravado. As humble of a guy that you are, that has to come out when you're on a track. Well, no, no, no. <laughs> what the, the, what had happened was I'm at a stage now where my people. And I ain't calling them fans. Right. My friends. I rather, uh, Fans is like the F word. My <laughs> friends who like what I do. I'm at a point where I realize the labels ain't going to do it. The manager ain't going to do it. The publicist ain't going to do it. I'm at a point where people got to get used to Paul McCartney or John Lennon after the Beatles, motherfuckers. Yeah, right. <laughs> they want to keep me and run the... And now, now, understand. They want to keep me and run together and touring and more records. And that can only happen if Jam Master J come back. Right. There's no run the... It's like I'm at the I'm at the stage where I'm John Lennon now and Joe's Paul McCartney. Live with it. You know what I'm saying? George Harrison with the... the this is me after the Beatles, but I'm still that Beatles thing. Sure. That'll never go away. Or how I like to describe it like this. It's David Kroll after Nirvana. You're going to hate it in the beginning. What the hell is he? And it, the funny joke is I want to be so um, stealth and discreet. I want them to go, why the new guy out there with Chuck T and Ice T look like DMC? Because <laughs> people used to say, why does the lead singer of the Foo Fighters look like the drummer from Nirvana? Yeah, yeah. So I'm at that point. So what had happened was um, I'm in Florida about two or three years ago. And Bump always sends me beats. And he says, what I like about sending you beats, Steve, you do different shit with them. Mm-hmm. Everybody I send beats to, they rhyme the same way they have always been since 80 and 90. Right. You come and you an experiment, but that's because I listen to Pink Floyd. Right. I listen to Bob Dylan. I listen to Proko Aaron. I, I listen to so much stuff. So I'm like, with Run DMC, Run DMC was my football team. I'm the receiver. Jay's the quarterback. Runs the running back. So I had a role to play. Now that outside of Run DMC, I'm free to <laughs> do what I want. You know right. what I'm saying? So sure. the thing that motivated me on this track was Bump was like, yo, you got DMC who we were, we was the hardest shit in existence, even though we never cursed and shot people. You got Run DMC from Run DMC who made rap from a recording industry standpoint mm-hmm. acceptable and global. 
Then you got the godfather of the whole underground scene, Ice-T. He started that gangster rap shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Him and Schooly D, but you got Ice motherfucking T. You know what I'm saying? And then you got Chuck D, a public enemy, the political, purposeful, conscious. The, 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 everybody had a role to change something. Yeah, totally. So Bump sent me a track that wasn't a Run DMC track, wasn't a PE track, it wasn't an Ice T track. So my approach to this track and this sound, because, you know, Bump was looking like, yeah, you the king of rock. Public Enemy also hooked up with Anthrax. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Ice-T has body count. Mm-hmm, so right. we all had that, besides hip-hop, we all got a similar thing there, which is really special and unique to be presented in our maturity in, as long as we've been in this business. But the underground hardcoreness of bumpy knuckles coming from hip hop standpoint, it's the same attitude that you have, Jason, with your groups. Yeah. And punk and all of that. But the track was a new sounding thing. So I had to come on this track. It was, it was like sucking seeds for me. Yeah. When Run yep. put me in the studio, I never wanted to be in the music business. <laughs> That's why Run rhymes three times on the record. Because right. Sucker Seeds was his alone. He had to convince Russell to let D put a rhyme on this track too. Even though we wrote his life that together, Russell didn't care about me. I was just your, Joe's knucklehead friend. So <laughs> suck, when Run said, I'm just going to pass you to Mike, say your newest rhyme. So my newest rhyme was a rhyme that I wrote about getting accepted to St. John's University. It wasn't even for a record. Right. Run just said, motherfucker, say your newest rhyme. I'm DMC. And the place to be, I'll go to St. John. When Russell heard that, he lost it. This motherfucker's rapping about chicken and collard greens at St. John's. So it was it was, it was, was a new persona. Right. So when it was time for me to say my rhyme, um, a, we had did the, the remix, Run DMC, the Beasties was on it. Um, Public Enemy did... Um, uh, remix of Public Enemy Number One. Yeah. Um, for the last album, and it was me running, and, and I had rhymed about my drinking and my mental health situation. So I don't read a lot of comments, but when this record came out, I just read the comments on YouTube, and one dude said, "What the fuck is DMC doing? We don't want to hear that shit. We don't want to hear that mental health shit on this record." So when I heard that, I was like, oh, but if I was talking about drinking 40s, if I was talking about hanging out and I was talking about smoking weed, you consider that cool? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, that's what makes me cool. He said, there's no place for deep. Hip hop is about talking about who you are and where you at. Yeah. Just like you did. So I th- when I heard this new track, I said, okay, this is a new beginning for me. Yeah. So this motherfucker is acting like the labels that turned me down because they told Russell, nobody wants to hear, because hip-hop was perceived as, you know, it was it was all message music and ghetto. It was Jason, Ryan, it was so depressing. Yeah. It's like a jungle surprise. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was I, the I, message I, it, one, yeah. message two, yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, I know, I remember. <laughs> so if you go back to the, every record was about how, the, nobody was rhyming about coloring books and fun and jump rope and all of that. No. So I said, I thought about what that guy did. And I said, I'm on a track with Ice-T, Chuck D, Heavy Metal, Positivity, um, um, Fight the Power. All of that was in there. So I said, this little thing about, I, I, what I tried to do was speak up 
for everybody going through something. Yeah. Without being preachy. So yeah. I was I was sitting in my room to, before I got this track. I was excuse me. Before I got this track, I was sitting in my room talking to my fucking psychiatrist because that's some cool shit to do. Yeah. Mm. And then the rhyme just went on. All right, I'll tip to you next week. Let me attack this microphone. Yeah. So that if, if you felt something different, it oh, was yeah. a new beginning for me. But it was just it was it was great because um it was it was honest and it was you. And and like you said, everybody's personality is on that track, you know? And when, yes. and when Ice T comes in at the end. I was surprised. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, an ice tea is First of all, Ice T. I mean, he does he he doesn't do a lot of hip hop anymore. No, no, he doesn't. You know, and I don't think he needs to. But he when he, I mean, it was just like classic old school. But Ice-T. Bump planned it that way. Bump said there's no better voice to hear at the beginning of a badass record than Chucks. Yeah, yeah. well, of course, 100%. he said in my rearview mirror, like somebody's yeah. chasing him. Yeah, the, yeah. And he's talking about the disco lights as the police. Like if you gotta yeah. live the. Deep. So he said, D, I'm putting Chuck first. I'm putting you in the middle. And Ice is going to come play cleanup. And he did. And the way, and also when he says, no disco lights in my rearview mirror, you could also say, you know, like how he never really fucked with disco. Right, right. <laughs> so there's right. so many different things that you can take away yes. from it. But yes. um, but when, you know, when, when Ice raps, you know, he does, he just takes it. When Ice goes and he takes the rhyming pattern off, when he says, you know, I, the line I sent you this morning about going to extreme measures, like he just, yeah. and then when he, you know, about laughing when he's in his bubble bath, I mean, that's so iced tea. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm so comfortable in my masculinity. And the words yeah. that, he, yes, I can take a fucking bubble bath because that's and what you still saw. And that's exactly, because that's, that's, what, that's what Tony Montana would do. He'd be sitting yes. in his bubble bath because, you know, it's yes. just, it's, it's so, yeah, I, I personally, I'm really excited for people to hear this track because this is this is what a lot of people need to hear nowadays that are um, getting into hip hop because there's not enough of you guys doing it. Uh, right, right, right. It's, it's like one of the things Bob said. It's like we're creating hip hop all over again. <laughs> a, a, a very, very astute observation. You know what I'm saying? For I sure. I want to bring up something about that with um, Ice T being so comfortable in his masculinity. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the comic book and the look of you guys in there. It seems oh. like Ice T has embraced the most superhero look of the three of you he looks like the most traditional dc comics superman bright colors outfits mm-hmm. like you look like you look like batman you know like you're you yeah got, you got oh, the for sure yeah traditional dmc look but enhanced and chuck d looks like he's uh really you know going going into action but with ice T, I i just was wondering uh, did it take some time to convince the guys to go with this look did you have to give them a few uh oh no no not not at all it was uh that's all on uh dean hasfield the writer who helped me write the book and, and stephen harris the artist mm, okay dean was lost because like this chuck dmc and ice T and dj jazzy jeff like they, what? <laughs> you don't get no more hip hop than that. That's every. That's every genre. That's every every aspect of hip hop plus the music. Right. So his thing was for Ice T. It was fly because most people will look at Ice T unless you talk to him as something negative. Mm-hmm. So what he wanted to do. Ice T is like Tony Starks, yeah, of the ghetto, yeah. Because yeah. you, you know, drug dealing and money and opulence and stuff like that. We flipped it to say, no, Ice T 
from the streets of LA is the Tony Starks. He got gadgets. He got yeah. money. Yeah, he got money. Yeah. He ain't got to explain how he got that money, but he got money now, but he's doing <laughs> the right thing. So the right. whole thing with Ice-T's persona is, to, it, it, it's almost like how you say, um, you take a negative and turn it into a positive yep. a representation. So I, here's the brilliant thing. Um, the artist in Steven and the writer was like, look, Ice-T was gangster rap. He had cop killer. He got kicked off of Warner Brothers. You know what I'm saying? But Ice-T is now playing a police officer on one of the most iconic shows, long one in history. Yeah, Mm. (laughs) which is so ironic. (laughs) So anybody that wouldn't know Ice-T's history, when you look at his character in this book, he's a super, he's doing good, he's doing good. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Not Somebody might know only, like LL had a hard time getting in the Rock Hall of Fame because a lot of people didn't know he did music. I'm talking about these new popular fans. Oh, that's the guy from NCIS, which is which is crazy. Like, yeah, yeah but that's, with Ice T, <laughs> we wanted Ice T to be the the cleanup man to represent the negativities that were turned into positives, right? But also in a gangster way. That's oh, right, yeah. motherfuckers. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so He's, when you saw Ice T and hit you with those thoughts, that's because. Your perception of Ice-T is whole. You know who, y'all both know who, some people might not know. So we wanted Ice-T to be the, more of the superhero. My role is, like you said, I'm the Batman, Thor type guy, son of Bifred, son of Odin. Yeah. And then Chuck D is from, he's more like the Black Panther. Yeah. If you look at our, but Ice-T was the total representation of all the essences, street, money, uh, gangsters that are now doing good, you know what I'm saying? The anti hero, but really is the hero, yeah. So, uh, Bump's whole thing is Chuck, ah, God is going to speak now. One of the people God created is going to come in. I'm the Batman, and then Ice T's going to come in and play cleanup. <laughs> nice, love it, love it. Um, let me ask you the comic book you sent me a file of it is this going to exist in a physical space? Yes, I, I guess I got to send both of y'all one. Yeah, that's for it's sure. limited edition. All right, so I got to make sure. When we get off, text me your address, and I'll yeah, yeah. send both of y'all one. Yeah. So, so, we so, have them. We have so them. you have them already. Okay. And yeah, so what, I, what had happened was I wanted the song ready by um, Comic-Con right. in October. Right, New York Comic-Con, right. I didn't know how complicated it is to get music in a streaming thing. Okay. Yeah. And to get your credits and to get, you got to have everybody's information. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's uh, not like just putting a record out. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. You're right. You're right. There's a lot of paperwork. There's a lot of back end work, especially if you're doing it yourself or as much, you know, if you're. And the headache for us is just five people. Me, Bump, Ice T, Chuck, and Jazzy Jeff. And that's the thing. So we haven't cool. even talked about the fact that Jazzy Jeff's on this. Okay. Uh, let me like, say that part. When I was yeah. reading the comic book and Jazzy Jeff shows up, I'm just like. Daryl, I've seen every one of these dudes live except you. <laughs> wow, really? Well, we got to change that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've seen you live speak, of course, in Jersey right. for those right, three right. days. But uh, Jazzy Jeff, it's just, it's it's incredible that all every single character in this comic book has infiltrated pop culture in such a strong way that mm-hmm. even my nerdy ass, 
when I was a kid knew right. who everybody was because you were bigger than your bands, you know? Yeah. It's, right. The, the, right. You moved mountain. You moved mountains, not only with your lyrics, but your actions and your just your effect on pop culture in general. And for Jazzy Jeff to be there, Jazzy Jeff is beloved to my generation more of oh. a comedic sense because of yes. his work with Will Smith on the Fresh Prince oh, of Bel Air. Right, right, right. I, you know, if you make an Arcon book, please have Jazzy Jeff throw someone out a door. That would be okay. great. <laughs> All right, that's, you're right. Kick Sab, Jazzy Jeff kicks them up. So yeah. that that's what's very important because mm-hmm. as incredible as me, Chuck, and Ice T is, mm-hmm. and this is what the young and I, I'm not talking from an experienced guy veteran. I'm talking about that little, I'm like Jason in you, Ryan. I'm the geeky little nerdy kid that went off this mm. touched me. It, 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 it resonated with me. As powerful as this hip-hop is, and the, the greatness of Chucky IC and DMC, we all represent genres and movements and periods in hip-hop. We ain't nothing without the music. Yeah. We have all the mics we want, all the rounds we want, but unless there's a DJ was the foundation of this old hip-hop thing, which this generation in this industry has forgotten about, because mm-hmm. it's all about the front men now. Yeah. It's all about Kanye. It's all about Lil Wayne. It's all about Drake. If you see a person rapping, and there's not a DJ back there DJing while they're rapping, that's not hip-hop. Right. No, that's you're a right. guy rapping to music. Right. You're right. So let's right. not get it twisted. So the, uh, I'll, I'll check Universal, I'll check the people up at Def Jam now. I'll check all of these younger people with podcasts. I'll check um the, this whole new generation of the little jerks and all of that. Yeah. If you're on stage rapping, that's what you're on stage doing. Now you're doing something derived from hip hop. We could not have any presentation of hip hop unless there's a DJ who actually touched vinyl, to dropping beats scrap, right? yeah. exactly. To create music 100 percent subliminally we're trying to teach people something yeah you see in the comic book we can't win mm-hmm. why you're not gonna win because there's no motherfucking dj yeah so call up Jack. <laughs> oh i'll be there in a minute now yeah. it's yeah. over we're unstoppable yeah. so a lot of the stuff that we did makes sense if you're deep and come from where we, we all come from right and you know it's funny because um Nas put out king's disease three you know um and i've gotten a, ch- a lot of chance to sit with it and what he's got going on is um he's got someone creating beats but from scratch like they're creating their own samples their own music and that's another way to be creative you know and and i love when like you know there's there's artists that would sample and then i think at one point people are like well why would i sample anymore when i've got to do i can make the music i can make the music and so but it's fun to see that evolve and, and then have other artists, you know, like the roots, like the roots, they, they, they did their exactly. own stuff. So, so, exactly. but, it, but, but you're right. It all came from somebody saying, what can I do with my parents' records? Yeah. With the records you know, and how could I, how can, how can we make it our, our, our own? So it's, it, it, is, it isn't final unless it's final. Well, that's <laughs> what you were saying all weekend when we were promoting this. Yes. <laughs> Great segue. <laughs> I remember yes. that. And, um, you know, it, it's, um, it's always fun to, to get a chance to catch up with you. And I'm glad we were able to talk about this new track because this new track is exactly where you are now. Um, and, but I, but I do want to talk to you about your fascination with comic books and your fascination with pop culture, because you are someone who stays, you know, on, 
on the pulse of what's going on in pop culture. I mean, you're, you're a fan of stuff. Like you watch things, you read stuff. You're, you're not like caught, you know, you're not caught in the past. You're, you're up to date. Right, on what's right. going I'm, trying on. To, I'm trying to grow. And that's what I'm trying to get my audience to do. Too. Right. Right. Um, what have you seen, uh, you know, maybe toy wise or, or at a comic con where you've been like, man, I can't believe they're doing that. That you would have loved to have seen when you were a little kid. Oh, wow. That you see now, like that someone maybe will bring to your table to get signed or, or like, 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 you know, maybe it's like pop figures. Maybe what, what do you see that you're oh, like, the, wow. The, 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 the figures, uh, what's the guy's name? The, 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 they, they're making these little action figure things. They come from Singapore. It's all hip hop and graffiti. Right. Based. Quicks. The guy's name is Quicks. Okay. And he does, let me see if I can show you what this thing looks like. Did you oh yeah, yeah, yeah! I know that guy. Yes, I know that guy. Yep, yep. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's crazy what he does. He and and he does all kinds of stuff with sneaker colorways, with sports team colorways. He did one with both. Yes. I've seen that. So he so he's done some Run DMC stuff. He's done a well. He did a DMC character that we had at um Complex Con. Oh wow! Okay. But and the reason why I bring that up is uh, what I like about now is from all of the artistic um perceptions of artists creating stuff things are getting very punk yeah rock and roll and hip-hop again yeah mm. i agree and i think what the figures do it gives the community of people acknowledgement yeah mm. yeah what's happening now is i think in the last 15 years because of social media, because of what's going on politically everywhere, not just America, but everywhere, even in Canada and stuff like that, this thing called celebrity mm. has been a poison to people in the communities and nations. So now what I think is the art succeeds where politics and religion fails. Yeah. yeah. And I would always say it's the music, it's the TV shows. It's the movies, it's the plays, it's the paintings and stuff like that. And I always say the sculptures. Yeah. So yeah. now the sculptures, the figures that we have been creating now are not just based upon select individuals, but the figures are now representing whole communities and nations. So you're right. Like, you know, I have this always on display. Uh -huh. Oh, yes. But then there's a company that made this, and this is HR from Bad Brains. See? You yeah. know? So these artists that push the boundaries, that push the limits, are now in places where they're creating. Are they able to say, you know, we've got the business sense to right, together right. something like that. So now that's what's coming across in a lot of that art now. You know? Exactly. And, right, exactly. And the reality is there's a reason why when you go into a head shop, well, they, they call them head shops, but yep. you, you go into a rock store, you know? And, or you go into a t-shirt shop. There's a reason why you see all those iconic t-shirts and patches and, 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 right. you know, it, all those bands that are there, like, you know, like the misfits, like black flag, like public, yes. Enemy, like run DMC, mm, like yes. Led Zeppelin, like Aerosmith. It's because they're, they, they've stood the test of time. And, right. Exactly. And like you were saying, you know, all the little, this little, that they'll come and they'll go kind of like with, with pop music, you know, there, there were oh, artists sure. that come and go, but there's ones that are stay consistent and that are always there. Right. And exactly. I've always been a big believer that, you know, punk rock, hip hop, metal, all those music forms have strong fan bases. 
Oh, and, for sure. And they're always going to grow. And they're going to endure. And there's all they're good. It's like a tree. There's always going to be offshoots, you know. And oh, for sure. And you can't dismiss someone like Kendrick, who is one of the greatest hip hop artists right now, who's pushing the envelope, you know, doing stuff. Yes. But he'll get on stage and he won't have a DJ. He'll have a production. And you're like, I just watched a Kendrick um, live concert that because I wasn't able to see the the Big Steppers tour, but right. I watched what he was doing, and it's it's incredible. It's right, incredible right. It's artistry. It's exactly. it really is. It truly, truly is. But oh, but sure. you know that he is a student of you guys. Like there's oh, there's sure. not right. a there's not a doubt in my mind that all the three people that are on your new track, he's a fan of. Oh, yeah. for sure, a hundred percent. But it's we, but, right. We influence each other too, uh, and yeah, you can I, tell. Oh yeah, and and what's nice about it is that you know Denzel Curry is another guy who's who his lyricism is incredible. Like out of these new guys, oh for like, sure, yeah, early twenties, yeah, yeah. he's like he can spit, but yeah. It's just nice when you see the people that give the nod to, you know, the ones that came before them, but still can kind of make it their own, but still kind of stay within that framework of like, hey, if you're going to get well, on. Well, that's like, why they respect it. Exactly. They're exactly. not considered celebrities. Right. That's what I'm talking about. Exactly. Exactly. They're part of this community. You know right. what I'm saying? A lot of people, there's, and you know, it's not wrong with having, getting the money and being the one no, and doing it. Of course. That's so beautiful, but when we're talking about from a cultural standpoint of community, I see a lot of the things that are being created now in this time of, of, of division are mm. really unifying us. So yeah. I'm very, like like you said, what Kendrick is doing, he's doing some Elvis Liberace shit, yeah. but it's hip hop. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. So I'm curious. It's opening up a lane for the next generation. Right. Not to just, let me do what everybody else is doing. He's doing his own thing. Exactly. And he's able to stand on his own, but his lyrical content is very much of. We know where it's got right. It's, it's very much like what Ice-T would be saying. You know, it's it's it, it's not 100%. far off at all. It's, it's very street. It's very like, you know, right. It's it, you can tell like he's singing about where he's so from. So that's what's very important. I see. I foresee in the future, very <laughs> soon future, where, and people were saying this when Kendrick first came out. Yeah. Kendrick and Chuck need to do a song together. Yeah. Because now you break down the ageism. Because when I remember I was at the Rock Roll Hall of Fame induction of Public Enemy. Right. And I'm sitting in a back room, Ryan, you would have lost your mind, you too, Jay. I'm in a room, it's Chris Cornell. Tom Petty, Jesus, John Fogarty, Tom Morello, wow, and Chuck D, all in a room just talking about music. Nobody's there's no bodyguards telling them to move out the hall, yeah. and they're all sitting there like they were friends. Yeah, oh, that's a that's a really beautiful Hip -hop image. Hip is going to get there because you remember the. Um, What's the guy that made the comment um, about old school rappers? No, I don't know. Did you hear about the controversy? I don't even know that. DJ Academics. Oh, okay. yeah. Right. Yes. Said what he said. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. And yeah. 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 And I saw Godfrey. God, there was a clip that Godfrey, the comedian, was going off about saying something about talking like about him. talking about Nas and he was talking about all the old school guys and he was like, and and he he was like, "What are you talking about?" And, and then he went on about all the little this, little that, and it's like, "You sit the fuck down!" Like, what are you right, talking exactly. about? Exactly. Like you know, and, he, and then he went on about Rakim. Like you know, like there are guys that just need to be respected, and yeah. it's not even it's not even you know, like. And the thing is, in rock, it's there. 
Like it's there. Like no one's, you know, like very few people are going to disrespect the Beatles or Led Zeppelin. Or oh, right, Spurs. exactly. But in hip hop, there still oh, seems to be this young, like young people disrespecting the older artists. Like, dude, like. And, uh, and not even just the young, just from the perception of having shit. Yeah. Mm. Like nobody's going to, um, I love what LL says when he says, but ain't nobody, no, I'm trying to think, um, Adele. Yeah. Or, or Taylor Swift is not going to fucking diss Miles Davis because he ain't got as much money as they got. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They're going to be like, oh, motherfucking. I don't, you can have a billion dollars. You ain't mm-hmm. got what Miles got. Yeah. Yeah. So what I see now is with the Kendricks and the Denzels and the artists and the writers and the storytellers and the movie makers and the po- Every all of this creativity is going to change. It's going to create what the world created for me, us, Jay and Ryan. Right. Like I sit before you. I am the Jetsons and the Flintstones. <laughs> I am Bugs Bunny and Woody. Well, I'm the Monsters and the Adams Family. I'm the Brady Bunch and Sanford. And so, you know what I'm saying? We are all products of pop culture. Yeah. And when you break away the divisive entities that dominate the media when you break it all down that's why dmc and jason rockman can sit there and talk about being together yeah we can sit there and talk about more and stuff like that what we're happening now is the creative community is now becoming our conversations yeah um one of the uh one of the artists that that's super creative now and and that really does um you know sit in that pop culture world is our face um and uh, oh i did something with them on their album i, I know i know I, I put you guys in touch you'll remember yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> because I, after seeing them um and and then again it's the same thing it just sparks you know in my mind you kind of taught me that you were, you were on a friend of mine's podcast, a guy named Mitch. And I remember he reached out to me, he goes, you should really, really have DMC on your radio show. <laughs> and I remember reaching out to you and I was like, you know, I'd love to have you on my show. You're like, absolutely. Like, I'll, yes. I'll, I'll come do it. And I'm like, what do you mean you'll come do it? No, I'm going to fly in. I'm like, what? We don't want to put you for that. We're a radio station. But I remember you flew in and yeah. we, you taught me so many lessons. Um, one of them was being humble, you know, like, and, and also the idea of making things happen, like putting people in rooms together, make things happen. Yes. And yeah. you know, that birthed so many things for me personally, but it also taught me how important it was to put things together. So right. when I met the Zarface guys, in my mind, I was like, these guys have to do something with DMC. It's a match made in heaven. And then it was the same thing for me when they asked me to come and do a couple of dates with them last year. I went and did merch for them and I just hung out. Yeah, you told me that. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and at the time, um, you know, me and search were chatting and I was like, search, you've got to come to New York and jump on stage with the Zarface guys because they're, you know, they, they love doom and you put doom on. So it, it was just such a nice thing to happen. And when esoteric took me aside and said, you know, you have no idea what you've done for me. He goes, you put me, wow. you know, you, you hooked me up with DMC and you hooked me up with search. And then recently uh, I just hooked him up with McFarlane because I uh, knew someone that knew McFarlane. Then you guys were all on panel together. So we all, yeah, I was just going to bring that up. All that yeah. stuff is all because you taught me that that's what's important. It's making art. It's making things happen. And there's no right. greater joy I get than seeing things happen for and other that, people together. That's what I always tell people now. 
your show, this podcast show is now an artistic vehicle. Right, right. We need this to have the dialogue and discussion nobody else is having. Right, right. So that academics will never, ever again, or would have never said what he said. Yeah, I I agree. Um, Art is so beautiful. I was, um, a friend of mine went to a football game this was like 11 years ago. This is so funny. <laughs> and I'm only laughing because I'm thinking about Sebastian Bach, who's amazing. Yeah. So 11 is. years ago, a hip-hop producer goes to a Giants game at um, MetLife Stadium. And he hears the music they play during the intermissions like they do at hockey games. They're going to play Ozzy. They're going to play Black Sabbath. They're going to play Rage Against the Machine. They're going to play Bon Jovi and all that. But they also going to play Run DMC. So we always up in the mix. So he said at the game, and they do a whole medley of classic rock and 90s rock, you know, the best song, Metallica, all of that, in the sports arena. Mm. And then Tricky and Walk This Way comes on. So he comes and says, yo, after football game, I heard Ram Jam's Black Betty. Oh, Black Betty, Bama Lama. Oh, mm. Black Betty. He said, we got to do that over, man, because... When I came on, the whole crowd went crazy. So he did a sampled version of it. Right. So I come to his studio, hip hop guy, and I lay the vocals down. Cool. I go home. He calls me back. He, yo, D, this is crazy, man. We got to do this live. You got to do this like live. You mm. got to get a live drum and this and that. So just for him saying that, my friend invites me to a party. And I go to, and I didn't want to go because I'm sober now. It's no reason to go to a party at the number one spot in New York City, 2 a.m. in the morning. He's like, D, just come at 2 a.m. and do two records. No, no, no. And he can please, he cries. All right, since I love you, I'll do it. So I go to this party, and I'm walking through the crowd, and every supermodel, every star, every, it's one of those. Like, yeah, everybody's in there. I mean, I'm talking about every every supermodel, Tom Cruise, everybody's in there. So I'm here now. It's two in the morning. I'm mad that I'm there, and I get stopped by Travis Barker. Mm. <laughs> He's like, "Oh my God, Kim!" And Travis Barker says, "D, most people jumped on the bandwagon with Walk This Way, but when I heard Rockbox, I was there. <laughs> like he was like, it was Rockbox that God told my dad, you got to get your new drums now." Because this is what I want to be. And he just said, if I could ever do anything for you. And I thought, oh, by the way, my producer guy says I need a drummer. <laughs> Done. So I got Travis Barker. Then um, a couple of years ago, I did um, MTV did this show called Celebrity Rap Superstars. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you'll remember this. Where um, me, the brat, and um, Big Boy from L.A., Big Boy Radio was the judges. So they had um, they had the dog out teaching Sebastian Bach how to <laughs> rap. They had MC Light teaching. I forgot the actress lady. Had it. So it was people from other walks of entertainment getting um, uh, mentored by rappers to do a rap. It was a great show. It only did one episode, one season. It was the greatest thing ever. So at this particular thing, every time I would leave a dressing room, or leave the green room or the the, the, um, the the food area, people would say, oh, my God, he can sing, but he's crazy. And every time I would look in the room, it was Sebastian Bach sitting in there. <laughs> hey, D, how you doing, friend? Like, he's the greatest guy ever. Yeah. So I was like, I called my producer, guy, I said, yo, Sebastian, 
But yo, he got the best vocal. Maybe instead of a sample in the Betty record, he'll do them over. So I'm thinking, all right, my job is to go get Sebastian. So I said, how do I break the ice? Real easy. Let me just walk in the room and say, oh, Sebastian, do you know what time it is? So I go in the room, Ryan and Jason, and I say, oh, Sebastian, what time is it? Dude, it's three o'clock, dude. Do you know what I like to do at three o'clock? And no lie, for 20 minutes, I sat there while Sebastian Bach told me what he likes to do for 20 minutes. And I listened patiently, and it was very interesting. He told me a lot. Like, he told me a lot. And then you take the fishes, and you take the fit, like he just went in. And then he says, dude, what are you up to? And I was like, yo, I'm doing this record. I got Travis on the joint. He said, oh, what? Let me hear that. And he hears the record. Dude, tomorrow we're going to the studio. This is a true story. So he takes me to the studio in L.A., right? Mm-hmm. He shows up on time. Before the engineer even gets there, he takes all the wires. He does all the plugs on the board. This is Sebastian Bach. He goes into the vocal booth, sets up all the foam in the cup, sets up all the microphones and stuff like that. So by the time the engineer gets there, everything is set up. He says, hits play. He goes in and sings all the choruses. Oh, Black Betty, Bam Alema. Oh, Black Betty, Bam Alema. For like an hour and a half, then he finished it. It's the best sounding thing me and the engineers had ever heard. And Eric's sitting there with us. He comes in, sits down with the engineer, play it. He listens. It's the best thing over. I got to do it all over. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what he heard, but he was so, like, people don't see this side of him. And then he was like, dude, uh, you're my new sober friend. Because I told him I'm sober now. And he says, yeah, I'm trying to get clean and stay clean and stuff like that. And then he goes, um, he says, um, you know, every time I was doing these reality show things, the only reason why I was doing them is because they promised to talk about what I was doing now, but they never did that. Yeah. And I told Sebastian, if you, if you ever get offered to do these, these shows, these, you know, these variety shows and all that, if they don't talk about your music, just don't do it. Yeah. That's great, man. I love your advice. So <laughs> this is a true story. He says, let me call my other friend. We're going to hang out. So he gets on his phone and he says, dude, I'm in the studio with DMC from Run DMC and we're making a record and this is for nothing. And then he stops and he gets real sad and he goes, no, for real, man, I'm in the studio with DMC from Run DMC. So obviously the guy on the phone is like, motherfucker, what the fuck you with this? What the hell are you doing with DMC? So this Sebastian goes, you want to speak to him here? And he hands me the phone. I'm like, who's this? He says, speak to the guy. And I go, Hello. And I hear a voice go, yo, who the fuck is this? Like that. <laughs> and I go, um, yo, this is John McDaniels, DMC from Run DMC. And then the voice breaks up. Oh, man, I'm sorry, man. I thought Sebastian was lying to me, man. Yo, this is Axel Rose, man. I was sorry. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? This is Axel Rose. Oh, like, I thought he was breaking my balls. Like, what the fuck he's doing with you? But you see how those. Yeah. Connections come. I'll never forget that. He was like, yo, who the fuck is this? <laughs> Axel was probably pissed the motherfucking lie and say these DMC and Sebastian believe in him. That's so funny. <laughs> but he was like, yo, I'm sorry, man. I thought Sebastian was lying. This is Axel Rose. So I was able to get Sebastian and, and Travis on the record. And then here's a killer thing. I go to a perfume of Cologne meeting, me and Eric. We wasn't going to do it, but we just like to take meetings and see what goes on. I'm in a meeting with the lady. And the phone rings and the lady goes, oh, my God, I forgot. 
I'm supposed to be speaking to Mick Mars right now. I'm sorry. She's trying to be polite to me. DMC, can I please just take this call? I'm like, sure. What makes more hell yeah? So yeah. she gets on the phone and she says, I'm so sorry, Mick. I'm still in this meeting with DMC. And Mick goes, DMC? Run DMC? Oh, man, I like those hats. Tell him I like those hats. <laughs> And she says, well, he's in the room here. Tell him yourself. And then mm-hmm. me and Mick Mars start talking. And yeah. this was beautiful. This and that. And Mick goes, DMC, man, if, there, if there's ever anything Thing you I can it, do for you. <laughs> how crazy is this, Jason? And he goes, I go, yeah, Mick, well, I got this song. We did Black Betty Ram Jam over. Just so he said, I'll play you. I'll play it on it for you. Mm. So then I go, I'll bring you to New York. He says, no, DMC. He said, you get your ass to L.A., I'll make Nikki Six give us his studio. We'll do it there. So I flew to LA, recorded with Mick Mars at Nikki Six Studio. It was crazy. And then the final straw was Sebastian calling his friend Duff McKagan up, telling him he's working with DMC and Duff. Well, what the fuck can I play to? (laughs) So the last thing we needed, we had the vocals, we had the rock voice, we had the drummer Travis Barker, we had the guitarist McQuarrie, and Duff said, I gotta play on this. This is badass. That's just the diversity there. And and that's what it is. We all are punk, rock, blues, hip-hop, but there's no, no, you're not good enough for us to waste my time. It's just in us. And that's the thing is like when you, so when I see you doing this at this point in your life and still getting excited about it, um, I just wanted to tell you that it's rubbed off on me and, and I try to do the same thing. I try to do the same thing. I try to, you know, I try to make cool things happen because life's so short. You want, oh, for sure. and it doesn't matter how well it does it. None of that matters. What matters like last night I was taking a bubble bath. I'll say it. (laughs) And I was watching, um, all I'm a big simple minds fan. I love simple minds. Oh, I love the band simple minds. And I was watching old simple minds footage from the eighties. And then I said, you know what? I'm going to watch the podcast that I did with Ryan, with Jim Kerr, the singer from Simple Minds. And and to be able to sit back and watch it and just watch that conversation. And, you know, 13-year-old Jason is going, you fucking talking to Jim Kerr from Simple Minds. That is the reason why I do this podcast is because I want to do something with my friend. And I want to be able to have people on that I legitimately respect and I'm interested to have conversations with. And right. that to me, if you're doing your, if you're doing the work for the right reasons, you're doing the work for the work, you're not getting lost in the results. That's right. what, that's what's important. Yeah. And it's, oh, it's sure. so, so important to do the work. And when, the right when we're still those geeky little kids that never goes away. <laughs> no, never, yeah. never. You know, I, I was speaking to, um, I was doing, um, I was making rounds for my book, 10 ways not to commit suicide. Right. Yeah. And I'm sitting there talking with the doctor lady interviewing me. And then she goes, doctors are depressed. And this mm-hmm. and that, she goes into it talking about how doctors get so depressed. And I was taking calls in and the guy was like, yeah, I'm one of those doctors. But DMC, what do you do? How did you get through it? You know, and I let them know it ain't easy. It's difficult. You got to find what works for you. You got to put yourself in situations where you realize you're not alone. And there's a lot of people like you. And the most important thing is, you know, it's okay to fail. I just basically told the doctor, man, you might not save everybody that you operated on. But the thing that you have to live with is I did my best. Yeah. Yeah. I gave up and I, I was happy and I was proud to give 
to give my best. And then <laughs> I was like, yo, what, what, what are some of the shows that you like? You know, he was in the comic books and stuff like that. But then he was like, yo, I just love the Powerpuff Girls. Like, I just love the show and the art. And I said, from now on, when you go into those um, those emergency rooms and those operating rooms, you go in there like a Powerpuff Girl. <laughs> and that just broke, like, it just broke mm. the, you know, the beauty of it. And yeah. the reason why I bring that up is, you know, Brian, I'm that geeky little nerdy kid. I'm not trying to do what Melly Mel and Grandmaster Kaz and Mo D is doing. And then when I discovered Run was actually doing it at 15 with Curtis Blow, Mm. I was like, wow, but I'm not me. And just for me, I'm writing my rhymes just to write and run seeds. But I got, says D, you wrote this? Now, I didn't even think I was good enough. He says, D, whenever I make a record, I'm putting you in my group. And when he really put me in my group, I had to search for confidence from somewhere. And what I would always think about is I would do stuff like, okay, what would Spider-Man do? Because you got to understand, Peter Parker is awkward and trying to figure it out like us. But he's Spider-Man. You know what I'm saying? All of our superheroes got problems. Oh, yeah. And, you know what I'm saying? And especially with Marvel. You know, what yeah. was great about Marvel is they always had thought, they had flaws and they were relatable. Yeah. Even if you were going to tell me no, I know this is true. I'm sure because you're just like every other human being, you walk into situations sometimes where you're like, you're insecure and you're like, shit, am I going to be good sure. enough? Everybody goes through that. And the fact that someone yeah. can admit that and lose the bravado and say, hey, we're all human. The reality is that we're going to feel a little uncomfortable for a little while if we do something, oh. but if we push past it, we'll be fine. But it's just exactly. that moment and it's teaching people that. And, and, you know, a lot of people get caught up in this. So like, I've got anxiety. I'm nervous. It's like, dude, you got to push through things sometimes to get to the right. other side of it. And you got, it's the only way you're going to grow. And I told, I told them, cause that's a good sign. You know what I'm saying? That yeah. means your victory and success is just pulling for you. So it's funny that you say that. That's why I did my children's book, Daryl's Dream. I put my, and the, the book opens with Daryl getting this poem back from the teacher and it got a big eight plus on it. And she says, you should recite this at the talent show. Okay. And Daryl looks at it, really? And he's thinking to himself, is it really that good? That's the beauty of it. Just go say it. You know what I'm saying? Just go, just go do it. You, you, you created it for a reason. Right, exactly. Not to sell a million records to submit. It can touch somebody else's life. But that being said, that's just all the fun. All of the stuff that we do, the geeks and the nerds have the secret to life. Yeah. <laughs> all of the stuff that we do is coming out of nervousness and anxiety and fear. Everything created came out of that, but look at the effect that it had on the people. Yeah. Oh, we yeah. can resonate and relate to these things because... When I'm at the Comic-Con, everybody loves when I say this. Sometimes you might think your favorite TV show, your favorite movie, your favorite characters, Star Wars, Batman, Mickey Mouse, the things that we are fanatical about. Sometimes you, you might think, I used to think those things were created for us. Mm. But I beg to differ. Those things exist because because of us yeah the yeah. fact that we are here is why star wars exists yeah oh yeah it wasn't yeah. like we was born and oh he created it just yeah. for me no it was created because you are here yeah that's 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 that is that's a very very powerful, good observation that's right? powerful you I know what I'm saying? Public I, enemy uh, you know yeah. I, when i first heard pink floyd i thought it was one dude 
Yeah. Who was the leader of Morocco? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, I just, How many people thought Led Zeppelin was a guy? <laughs> yes, Led Zeppelin. Sure. Well, and and that's what's you know it, it it's um it's crazy it's crazy how things are birthed out of ideas and and they're created for a reason and and right yeah like if you start to really get deep in the weeds with this stuff I mean you can mm-hmm. you can go down so many rabbit holes but I I yeah. do believe that we're all from this you know we all we're all from a collective pool of energy and what we do affects that pool you know yes um you jump into a pool and you pee in it it's going to affect the pool oh for sure <laughs> but if you clean it it's going to be a little cleaner so it's it's just but we're all swimming in the same place so yes. it's just it's nice to see when when there's respect given to that and um and people can do good and you're one of those guys that always does that so i have to commend you on that i mean it's just you know you had a profound effect on my life i know on ryan's as well and it's sure. just nice to be able to catch up with you today and chat about that and the thing is i could I stay do. on here with you for four hours yeah <laughs> right well, and, I'll come back on when we drop the Betty song. Yes, and, but but I do want to briefly uh, ask you this: um, yeah. Christmas holidays are coming. Um, you know, you you drop one, you yeah, and you <laughs> drop one of the most important Christmas records for a lot of people. Um, right. Way back in the day, what is it like to, to to look back on that Christmas record that you did with Run DMC? Because it does come up every year, every year for <laughs> forever now. Yeah. When we did it, we thought it would. At first, we didn't want to do it. Right, of course. Because, <laughs> you know, we, we rhyming, man. No, we ain't making no corny Christmas record. And, oh, this was real cool. This is why hip-hop is so beautiful. We didn't want to be biting. Like, in the, in the 50s, it was copycat. We didn't need another Christmas song because Curtis Blow had Christmas rapping. Right. Mm, we can't right. make it. We was like, oh, we can't. Oh, we don't want to do that. So one of the reasons was, nah. Let Kurt hold that lane. Christmas, don't you give me all that job about things you wrote before I was alive. Because this ain't 1823, ain't even 1970. Because I'm the man named Curtis Blow. And Christmas is one thing I know. So every year, just about this time, I celebrate it with a rhyme. And then he goes in. The record's yeah. like eight minutes long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. It talks about Santa Claus story. So we was like, no, nah, let Kurt have that. And then the other reason was, you're trying to make this hip-hop stuff corny. You're trying, you want Saran rapping, this and that. We want to keep DJ and MC alive. Mm. So, Jason, all of that changed when we heard the beat. Right. <laughs> uh, Bill Adler, our publicist, was like, I think y'all should use this record. And then Jay chopped it up. Mm. I was like, okay, I got to rhyme. I got to rhyme. I'll yeah, just yeah. talk about it. So at first, we didn't want to do it. And then the other thing was, you know, for us, hip-hop was like, you know, we was doing it and it was growing. It was a lot of great people out there, but it was still at a point where they was like, is it going to be here in five years? Yeah. It was like, DMC, it's going to die like the hula hoop and the slinky. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. our thing was, we want to try to get as much beats and rhymes out before this thing could end. You know, um, the label and our publicist and management was like, you're in good company. Whitney Houston, Bruce Springsteen, whatever, whatever. All right, so we'll do it. So we did it. And I guess the energy and the feeling that came from the record was really special to people that really didn't understand how hip-hop could be mm-hmm. beautiful. Yeah. It- so then they tell us we got to make a video for it. And I think it was the visual along with the record. It was the yeah. 3D experience. You had the sound, you had the sight, and then you had the emotions with it. We had no idea it would become 
of traditional part of Christmas. It is, and it is for so many people. And what's great now is that Super 7 are doing that action figure set with you guys. Mm-hmm. Super 7, shout out to them. With all, oh, the, awesome. with all the accoutrements, like, you know, yeah. with, the, <laughs> with the dog and with all that stuff. So it's, it's great to see that live on. And again, yes. that's talking about because the nerds have taken over. We're able to make those decisions. Right, exactly. So we can we can immortalize things like that. And it, the beautiful thing, too, is I remember last Christmas when I was walking through the mall. But the reason why I shop online now is because I can't go to the mall during the holiday seasons because everybody shouts my rhyme at me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about everybody shouts. It's Christmas time. Hey, D, I turn around. But the beautiful thing was last Christmas, it was Jewish people. It was Asian people. It yeah, was Jamaican yeah. people. Yeah. It was Mexican people. That's my family's favorite. So that's the beauty of it. It's great. It's, I mean, there's, for me, there's certain Christmas traditions that have to happen every year. One of them is watching that video, listening to that song. You know, a few years back, I got the, uh, the picture disc on vinyl, which was great. Oh, so yeah, I have yeah, that. That's Ryan amazing. and I both, yeah, that's Ryan and so I both cool. have that, but you yeah. know, there's that there's elf. That Will Ferrell's Elf has become a Christmas tradition for me now. My what? best scene is when he goes, Santa! Yeah. I, I know him. Laughing. And then he goes, was... you're not Santa. You smell like cheese. You're beef and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's that one. There's there's Uh-oh. National Lampoon. You know, National Lampoon's Christmas oh, Vacation. Oh, sure. And, um, and the other song that was really, really important for me every Christmas is Bing Crosby and David Bowie, The Little Drummer mm. Boy. I mean, oh, what an wow. what an odd combination when David Bowie walks into that house with Bing Crosby and and he's like, and that's Crosby, dope. Bing Crosby yeah. and David David Bowie, Bowie yeah. right? That's exactly the kind of stuff. Like to me, that's what we live for. Exactly mm-hmm. that. Yeah. When, and when you hear the stories of how Bing was like, "Who is this guy?" Of course, <laughs> you know, Bing Crosby, who's this David Bowie guy? That's yeah. the funniest, flyest, realest thing ever. Yes, yes, and that to me is like that's the ultimate like. That that's the ultimate combo, you know. It's it's great. I got I got to bring this up. D. Uh, yeah. One of my favorite Christmas movies that I watch every year now is relatively new. And the, the best thing about Christmas is uh. that the more things they put out, it's the quality still. It kind of the movies get better a little bit because even though Elf is about twenty years old, uh, there are other movies like Krampus I love. But there's one of my favorite oh, Christmas my favorite Christmas movie. Well as of late, because it's a story about friendship and three friends who have known each other their whole lives uh-huh. are kind of grown apart but come back together. It's called The Night Before. And in it, they go to a karaoke bar and they're singing at Christmas Time in Hollis. They, they uh, oh, what? Who's in this movie? Uh, Seth Rogen, Joseph Gordon-Lovett, and Anthony Mackie. Oh, it is a good movie. Yeah, it's oh, good. Yeah, it's good. Here's what? the thing. At the end, D, and you got to check this out, and I can't I believe I'm the one it. who has to tell you this. Um, at the end, one of them has a baby. And they're holding the baby, and all three of them are going, it's Christmas time in Hollis, Queens. Uh oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What? I gotta see. Oh yeah. Wow. The, night, the night before. The and night it's before. Just, and it's just your verse. Because that's the thing. Like Run's verse is great. It's a story about finding Santa Claus's wallet. Right, right. But as you said in the mall, yours is the verse that people <laughs> can physically reproduce, but also <laughs> it's the one that lands because it's about your personal experience of Christmas. Yeah. Right. You know? Right. It's not, yeah. it's not a story as much as this is what Christmas means to me. And that's what mm-hmm. resonates with people the most. So yeah. to have it seen in that movie, 
it's like it was uh it was really special oh to me in fact God, i'm telling you about this right now it's one of those mind-blowing experiences i'll tell people when i'm about to die eventually oh I'll be like, my God. you know i, I, I told the guy that. from run dmc his song was in a movie and, <laughs> and how many times and let me ask you this yeah. how many kids yeah. didn't know what collard greens were i know oh, i mean sure. a lot of people don't know what collard greens are so i, know. I gotta explain to you. it's like cabbage yeah. yeah. So they're like, well, can you make me some? And then they're like, well, these are delicious. These are delicious. <laughs> you can exactly. put cheese on these. You can do all kinds of stuff. Yeah. It's funny that you said that about the kids because the kids, I'll be speaking at uh, middle schools and elementary schools. Yeah. Mm. And I'll say, yeah, you're pro- I, I say, I'm so gangster. I got a song about Christmas. Yeah. That's how I'm getting there laughing this and that. And then when I start saying it, the kids are going, oh, I. You made that, and it's so mesmerized yeah. that I'm the guy that made the Christmas song that the mothers, fathers, and grandmothers and grandfathers been playing. Then they, I say, see, they they heard the music, but y'all got to meet me, and then they feel so <laughs> proud. But it's so funny that when they go, you made that because they hear the songs, but they don't know. They'll yeah. see it in the movie. Yeah, it's how art, you know, art pierces through pop culture. It connects. Um, yes. It connects, and 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 that's what it really is all about. I gotta go see that. So. um <clears throat> the night before is what it's called. Yeah, yeah the night before. Is it streaming, right. Ryan, or is it on? Is it on physical? I don't know if it's streaming right now, but I'm going to try to find it. you the clip and I'll get Jason to text it to you. Yeah, all right. That's so beautiful. D, thanks so much for taking the time to chat. Um, Thank it's you. It's al- always a pleasure. We'll have you back on again. Good luck with the new single. Um, good you. luck with the comic book. And um, and and again, thank you for just being. You know, one of the nicest guys I know, and I'm proud to call you a friend. It really means it means the absolute world. Thanks for having me anytime. In life, I'm really glad to say that I can tell people that I I, I told Daryl about like one of the greatest moments in a Christmas movie that features his music, in which uh, the current Captain America is rapping his songs. I didn't even yeah. think I brought that up to Daryl. I'm gonna let him discover that himself. He'd be like, "Wait a second, these three like massive superstars in their own right, like Seth Rogen is arguably." You know, one of the most famous comedic uh, actors in the world, whether if you like your, his movies or not, I happen to really do. And uh, Anthony Mackie is current day Captain America. Joseph Gordon-Lovett has more talent in one of his fingers than I do in my entire body. Yeah. It is insane when you really think about that, because I, I to me, I'm like, oh, Daryl's probably used to his music being in a thousand movies. But, yeah. you know, that's that's going to be particularly interesting to see the way they used it, especially at the end, singing as a nursery rhyme to a baby. Yeah. Like spoiler alert. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it, no, but it, but it really is. It's um it, it it's it's incredible that he didn't know about that. But it doesn't surprise me because mm-hmm. that's the effect that 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 D's had on pop culture. I mean, how many people can say they've had that, you know, profound an effect on pop culture? Just it's not it's not just a pop culture thing, man. It's like when I was in a punk band and we were just such losers. We're like, yeah, if it's not punk, it sucks. And yeah. uh, you know, everyone goes through that phase where you're trying to find your little niche niche in the world and you want to stick in it and like anything as a threat to it, you feel threatened by it. It's the thing that happens when you grow up. Yeah. And uh Run DMC was always cool though. It doesn't yeah. matter. Like the dudes with Mohawks would be like, Yeah, run DMCs are awesome. And yeah. it's it, it was always a consistent and Daryl has been bringing people together, not just recently in his stories that he was talking about, but also in a musical sense of just run DMC being such a, uh, such a, such a gateway drug to all of rap and hip hop for yep. like dor- dorky punk guys like me. So yeah. that's, that's the incredible thing about Daryl contributions to music and pop culture, like I was saying, and it's just, 
fucking crazy. We did 50 episodes and this is our 50th episode. I know it's, it's a, what a beautiful cherry on the top for the 50th yeah. is to have D where kind of where it all started in, in a way, you know? Yeah. I mean, he's, he was a lot of the inspiration for this podcast because he showed me that. And, and, you know, we talk about it. He showed me how it's important to make things happen and for the right reasons. It's not about the success, you know, don't get lost in the results, get lost in the work. And it's so important. Um, all right, Ryan, that's it. That's it for us. We're going to take a little break. Um, mm-hmm. We'll be back in the new year. So uh, I want to wish everybody a very, very Merry Christmas. Have a happy new year. Um, we'll see you in 2023. We've got a lot of stuff planned for 2023. And of course, always, always support the wonderful people at Heartbeat Hot Sauce. I have decided to bring up a third one now. Um, this one's really great, the Scorpion. And you can find their hot sauce over at heartbeathotsauce.com. And if you use our promo code ROCKMAN20, everywhere, you will get 20% off your entire order. And thank you to the folks over at Studio House Designs for always making us look fresh. Um, Thank you, Ryan, for being awesome. Um, Love having you in on this with me. It's been a great journey, 50 episodes in, and we've got so much more to go. Uh, Thanks to our producer, Julia Kajerski. Thanks to Daryl McDaniels. And thanks to all of you. Please, if you like this podcast, subscribe like it, share it. Let us know in the comments what you like, what you don't like. We're open to criticism. If there's anybody you want to see and you want us to talk to, let us know in the comments. We'll be more than happy to look through. And if it works, it works. And if it doesn't, I don't know what to tell you, man. Go somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for uh, for hanging out with us. And Ryan, um, have, a, have a great holiday. You too, man. I think I'll be seeing a lot of you. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> All the best, guys. Take it easy. <laughs>